0: Good morning and welcome to Daily Kupafu with Carter and Carrie on Unsafe Space. Today is Tuesday, November 19th, and it's a beautiful day in Texas. What's it like there in California?
1: Uh, Well, there's no clouds in the sky, so that's nice, I guess. Um, But we got another notice from PG&E that uh, we might have to shut off your power later this week, but uh, I don't think it will affect us because we have a generator now, which we haven't used, but we'll still be able to do the show, I think.
0: When did California become a third world country?
1: uh well right about the time that they became uh focused on implementing socialism so there you go by the way carrie before the show i didn't mention this can you show us your jacket it looks very shiny and gold i feel like you should be at a roll in a good oh, way Oh
0: yeah this is a cold jacket look ah. <laughs> there you go <laughs> um i also hey thank you to nicole of the mountain people uh she sent me a microphone that she's no longer using and it's awesome and i really appreciate it and it's cool so i won't have that tinny sound today hopefully and yeah, uh it
1: looks like a good quality mic
0: yeah and i also i found a tutorial on how to fix my old mic so then maybe the, we'll have two microphones if we ever have another guest here with me it'll be helpful yeah. um if i can fix it but um but thank you nicole and and that then it was making me think about uh we should do just again thank you to everybody they Who subscribes on Subscribe Star? The people who are—it doesn't matter if you're giving a dollar a month or if you're able to afford—I forget what the high level is on there—but everything that. is very helpful, and so we really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, it does. It means a lot. It really does. And uh, yeah, someday um, mics will abound. There will be no mic problem ever. It'll be great. But thanks to Nicole in particular. Uh, someday we
0: can hire staff and do sketch videos.
1: Yes. Oh, speaking about sketches, uh, I'm actually overloading the term here, but Nicole also made a cool sketch of us during the book club. So that was pretty sweet.
0: Oh yeah. That was cool.
1: Yeah. Um, I look better in pencil than, um, uh, with pixels. So thanks Nicole. <laughs> uh, Carrie, the, I, I, uh, I shared this article with you. I know you haven't had time to look at it, but, um, There was an article in Wired. Here, let me put it up. This article in Wired is called Empathy is Tearing Us Apart. And it says Americans are polarized as they've ever been. Could the problem be that we're caring for each other too much? And it's based on this study that was published in uh, the Cambridge University Press, How Empathetic Concern Fuels Political Polarization. Now, there's a couple things I really liked about this, I can just explain really quickly. The they basically took people and measured their empathy. Now it's self-reported, so I don't like I don't like self-reported empathy. It would probably be better to have them in a functional MRI or something so you could actually see empathy, not just self-reported, but whatever. So they they had they they classified people by self-reported empathy and um they it turns out that empathy is triggered differently depending on in-group or out-group subjects so if you have more empathy you actually are more likely to not have empathy for out-group and have much more empathy for in-group and the reason i like this study or i think it's interesting is they didn't write about this before yeah, they didn't. I looked at this. They did yeah. not cite Jonathan Haidt at all, but so it's independent. But it it is very similar to what he has talked about with respect to um, morality in in the righteous mind, and with respect to tribes competing, right, and groups like uh, basically group selection, uh, and how um, you know the way I like to think about. It, I don't. I'm, I won't put words in his mouth. So I don't think this is what he's saying, but. Emotions are tools that are useful, but they't they aren't um, they're not in and of themselves virtuous or not virtuous. Empathy is a thing that you can feel, it's a feeling, and if you have a higher likelihood to feel that, you'll still be affected by other probably uh probably evolved ways of being where you have in-group and out-group preferences and you can you can activate that in-group and out-group thing by speaking to one tribe rather than appealing to all of humanity. And so if you have a lot of empathy and your your tribalism is being triggered, uh, that will also translate into less empathy for out-group. Does that make sense?
0: It does make sense. It makes absolute sense. And I think he even touched on, Jonathan Haidt touched on this in The Calling of the American Mind when he was talking about groups where if you... Even if this was the most surprising to me, but it make I guess it make it makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Even if it was some trivial group status that you gave people at the beginning of the study, like they arrive for the study and you they say, flip okay. flip a coin
1: or whatever. Yeah.
0: Flip a coin you guys are group A, you guys are group B. Yep. Group A and group B are each going to, are going to, um, uh, favor and give, uh, show greater kindness and empathy towards people who are in their in group, even if it was just arbitrarily decided when they showed up for the study. And
1: and they, and they know it's arbitrarily decided.
0: They know it's arbitrarily decided, but your brain still, that was the crazy part, your brain still lights up differently.
1: Yeah, which like, is fascinating. Your
0: yeah, it's fascinating.
1: Yeah, and and I know, uh, I couldn't remember which book he talked about it, so thank you. I, I don't remember that it was Coddling because I read the other one back to back. But, uh, you know, he talks about... <clears throat> when you there's this there's this uh evolved we'll say like social cohesion desire or like um tendency to want to be part of something bigger than yourself right and when you have speakers like Martin Luther King for example they trigger that by appealing to all of humanity and saying like we're all part we're all humanity we're all part of this giant human tribe together and that's kind of how they can try and trigger that emotion, um, that emotional response. But uh, you can also trigger it in the opposite, kind of a much more divisive way where it's like, these are the people who, they, we toss, these are the heads people and these are the tails people and like they're, they're, the, they're the other. Um, and you still get that response triggered, but obviously then it leads to different behavior because uh, you end up with schadenfreude for suffering of the other a little bit and lots of empathy for anything that happens to your own in-group and the premise of this uh, so this was published actually this recent one was published in american political science review and their argument is basically that well it seems it seems to be that they're saying that they're presenting the results but the the conclusion seems to be that um, this is part of what's happening with society we're pushing this idea of of empathy but when you push this idea of empathy being virtuous, and you simultaneously uh, are treating people as different groups, that will have actually worse effect than if they had less empathy and were being treated as different groups. Um, so empathy is kind of a tool that can be used as a weapon if you if you're if you're segregating people into tribes and pitting them against each other.
0: This is exactly what SJW ideology does. My old belief system right it puts you in tribes. And it says, in order to be empathetic towards the people in our SJW tribe who are marginalized and oppressed, in order to be empathetic towards them, we can't have any empathy for anyone not in our tribe. And one of the things that started to wake me up to how misguided my ideology was, was right after the election, the 2016 election, I started to see... Opinion piece after opinion piece after opinion piece in the legacy media, and the left-leaning media, same thing. That I was that was that I, it was that was a part of my echo chamber. And so I just want to share a couple. I mean, there's a ton of them. I just did a quick search while you are talking. Yep. Look at this. Uh, empathy for Trump voters? No thanks. Right. Uh, empathy for Donald Trump voters isn't just misguided; it's wrong. These are different pieces. Yep. There's like a hundred of these. Yep. And the, the whole, uh, I mean, you can read it right there in the headline. The point of these pieces was, uh, sorry, I have to stop showing that. Does that work? Am I back?
1: Yeah, okay. yeah you're back.
0: Um, the point of this piece is was, that was to argue that uh, empathy for Trump voters, for the other, for anyone not in our tribe, empathy for the other necessarily means you're not empathetic for the people in our tribe who are marginalized. They, they weaponize it in that way. And I'm like, I was reading this back then. I was still an SJW, but I was not on board with that. And I had started, you know, I, I guess I guess this transformation I was going through had already started. I just really wasn't very aware of what it was yet. But I had been going to a spiritual center for a while. Uh, I was going to Agape out in Los Angeles, and then when I moved to Texas, I was the only went out here. And I had just heard right before the election, I had just heard this um, preacher, Carlos. Uh, I'm forgetting his last name. It'll come to me in a minute, but I just heard a, uh, a sermon that he did for lack of a better word, a a talk that he gave at the spiritual center. And it was about, it was, it, it had that Nietzsche quote in it. That's when I became obsessed with that Nietzsche quote. He was talking about be careful fighting monsters lest you become the monsters you fight. And you know, when you stare into the abyss, the abyss stares into you. And that hit me so hard because it was right before the election and I was just, I was starting to recognize how people on my side in my echo chamber were becoming hateful and monstrous and not empathetic. And all these things that I thought, wait a minute, I thought we were liberals because we have empathy. And I thought we were liberals because we have, um, because we want to understand other people better and help them understand us. And, you know, and, and we're against hatred. And, and, it, and it really, I'm so grateful that I went to that service because that stuck with me for a while. And then after the election, I started to see all this stuff. I just yeah. blatantly out in the open, hatefulness, hatred, dehumanizing Trump voters, dehumanizing anyone on the right, um, calling them all Nazis, writing off, you know, 63 million people as Nazi sympathizers. That's insane. Right. That's insane. That's like, and when you start to dehumanize people in that way, then you can justify, I, this was in my first essay, but that's what's what's what, what led to my first essay, which, um, if people are new to the show and haven't read it, it was called. Um, on leaving the SJW cult and finding myself. And we'll it was kind a of like,
1: we'll put a link in it.
0: Yeah, it was kind of my explanation of what had been happening with me because I had a lot of friends in my SJW circle, of course, who were like, What's going on with Carrie? Like, what is she sharing? You know, and right. so I tried to. Why isn't
1: she hating on Trump voters? I don't
0: know. Right. <laughs> Why isn't <laughs> she joining the mob with us? Right. Like, I'm like, This is not what I've signed up for. The hatred of people and and, and articles saying we can't have empathy for people because they voted for Trump. That's, that's not what I signed up for. That's not liberalism. That's not open-mindedness. That's not love and talk. And, and so anyway, I'm, I'm kind of going on a rant here, but I'm interested in this subject that you, that you brought up because I've seen it played out in real life. And it's part of what pushed me out of it. It's part of what woke me up was witnessing it. When you witness it and you're part of it, like in the knitting community, you see it happening. You start to, you're like, wait a minute, this isn't, your behaviors don't match what you say you're about. There's a disconnect there.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And the other thing that has always bothered me, and I don't know if I can articulate this really well, but there's, there seems to be worship of emotions. Like empathy is good. And like, and like they ascribe a virtue to an emotion and emotions are not virtuous or not virtuous. Emotions are to me, Emotion philosophically, emotions are amoral. Emotions are a feeling that you have in reaction to something. It's the relationship between that feeling and, and the something that's moral or amoral. Like hating a child molester is for for his child molestation is a fine emotion. You need to have anger and, and hatred of evil behavior. That's, that's healthy in society. Empathy is a fine emotion. But it's not always a great emotion, having too much empathy for someone who is you know running around killing people or causing a lot of problems like it it's a tool that will then be used for one in group against another uh group so I, I don't I don't like this idea of like taking emo one particular emotion and either vilifying it or or putting it up on a pedestal and saying like. This, we should all just, empathy is the be, end-all, be-all thing. We should all be more empathetic. You should have empathy as a tool. If you're lacking the ability to feel a particular emotion, that's a sign of dysfunction. Absolutely. Yeah, like I totally agree with that. But it's just a tool and it's not, it's not a, you don't get moral points for feeling a certain way. You get moral points for like correlating that feeling to reality and figuring out what actions to take that are just and then taking those actions. Feeling a way doesn't make you superior. Um, it's, there's nothing, there's nothing great about, I I feel so much empathy for people. That's who cares? What matters is what you do. Right. And feeling as this article is talking about feeling a lot, like a lot of empathy for your in-group actually causes you to take actions that are completely unempathetic and unjust for people in your out-group.
0: Yeah. I I was talking with a friend yesterday, we were having coffee and she was asking me about this um well why do I why do I think in a way I I thought what she was asking me is why do I think people in my part of the left and she's a liberal by the way she but she
1: like actual liberal uh
0: yeah but she's like a lot of liberals the SJW ideology has crept into their world a little bit and so it starts slowly so it's like hard to put you like people start to accept certain things and then they accept more and then they it's like, oh, okay, I can I can be down with uh okay, mansplaining. I can be down with that. And then the next thing you know, you're like, uh, I can be down with toxic masculinity too. And then I can be down with this concept and this and it like creeps in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but she's a liberal and she hasn't been ensconced in the SGW echo chamber like I was for so long. And so she was get trying to get my perspective on why people can be so vicious in it, because I was telling her about the knitting words. Mm-hmm. and it's that thing we've talked about before that I think I first heard Jordan Peterson talking about, uh, where it, within your in-group, right? Okay. So let's look at this SJW tribe, right? It, every We all believe in this ideology, right? And we are here to protect the marginalized. I think that there's something interesting about so many of the, the most vicious SJWs being women and um, and and a lot of them not having kids because yes yeah because it's this like uh, this mother this vicious protective mother bear quality coming out <laughs> um, on in, on behalf of the people in your in group who you're being told are marginalized and oppressed and victimized and need help and they don't have agency of their own and you have to go out and de- and you know viciously defend against no wonder they, they are susceptible to all these very toxic hateful Opinion pieces in the media that are like, don't feel any empathy towards Trump voters. They're evil, you know. Like it's like, they 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 right. all pray to that, and they right. Oh. And but
1: that's that. I mean, that is what you would expect a defensive mother to do to defend her children. Like, if she feels like her children are under attack, don't feel empathy for the attacker. Like, she she'll be the vicious mother bear, um, and that that makes sense. Uh,
0: and not all of them <laughs> again. Not all of them are childless and not all are women. I'm just saying, I think there's a, a lot of them are women mm-hmm. <laughs> and, that you see. And that's why the, the knitting wars was so vicious. It's a lot of women and, um, you know, it's, it, and not all of them are childless, but a lot are. I think of, I think of myself and a lot of women who, um, a lot of former friends and, uh, and some who are still friends, thankfully, um, in that world. And most, most of us did not have kids. And, and so you, it's almost like they're, if they'd had kids, if we'd had kids, maybe it's like you're diverting that energy into your actual children and trying to protect your actual children as, they, and as you raise them and they go out into the world instead of, what, what can I place this on? Like, where can this biological urge go?
1: I think so. I think you don't have to start looking for vulnerability if you're living in a house with short people who are very vulnerable. It's like, oh, there's some vulnerability that needs to be protected, and it's related to me. I will protect it. Uh, but without that, I, you know, it's not surprising that you want to find an outlet for who's who's vulnerable that I can co-protect. I wish sense. we
0: could harness all the energy, and righteous indignation, and vitriol, and stuff of the female SJWs, and direct it at child sex trafficking and pedofi- pedophilia and all this elite protection of pedophiles.
1: That's one of those things that really bothers me about this too, is that uh, we do as a society just seem to ignore a lot of child abuse and child sex crime and all this stuff. But I know this is unrelated, but, uh, I don't know if you saw the, the two guards that were on duty are now being, uh, are they being sued, or they have charges against them?
0: The Jeffrey Epstein, guard. yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So two working class guards are going to be sued, and meanwhile, the elites who put the, we come on, come on, the people responsible for him dying are the actually responsible. Nothing's going to happen to them. Prince Andrew just did an hour long right. interview, which we should talk about Kafeffi tomorrow, maybe because I want to finish watching. I haven't, I
1: haven't watched it yet, so I should. Oh
0: watch. my gosh, it's just this elite, uh, you know, pompous there's pictures of him with underage girls. And he, you know what he's saying? I don't recall. I don't, maybe that photo is a fake. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) Like, like, are you kidding me? And she's spoken out and said that he's one of the ones that she was forced. No, I know.
1: I know. Yeah, she has. She has. And uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I mean the Jeffrey Epstein thing, we, I don't, we don't have to go in a rat hole down a rabbit hole today with it, but. Uh it, it does just kind of remind me that like we don't we've got this guy who who even if he did kill himself, which I don't think anyone believes, but even if he did kill himself, like where's all that supposedly he had all this blackmail, DVDs, all this information on people, all these people involved, like nothing. We don't care. If you're if you're if you wanna have your you want an outlet for your mama bear child protective instinct, go after go after the elites. Yeah. Go after those people who have been ask questions like, where the hell's that evidence? Who were, the, who were the people involved? I wanna see all the stuff that was collected. Well, I don't actually wanna see the video. But, but I
0: want those people to be outed.
1: Yes, I wanna see who was involved. And, yeah, and, and have them the outed.
0: Is, but see, this tells you more than anything that the resistance is not resistance. We've, I've been saying this since my yes. awakening first started. And, and I had friends going out to DC for the Women's March. And I'm like, what a waste of time. Look, I get, and even back then I was posting about it and I was getting a lot of friends mad at me, but I'm like, I get that you're going out there to rally uh, amongst yourselves. It's like church. It's like, you guys are going there. It's inspiring for you and it's giving you, it's encouraging for you and the people who already agree with you, but you're not doing anything to change anything. And you're not resisting. I'm sorry. Like you are part of the status quo that this is. You know, if they were actual resistance, they would be out in the streets about the Jeffrey Epstein thing, but they're not. Because you know why? The T V people haven't told them to be outraged about it.
1: Right. That's the thing. They're not resistance. They're useful idiots that they are They're
0: useful idiots. Yes. Yeah. The T V people are like, Get out in the streets. Trump is a war Trump is a demagogue. And they're like and they go and they do the bidding of the media organization. They do the bidding. Right. The
1: cathedral tells what their congregation where to go and yes. signs to hold, and they go do that.
0: And they go do it, and they get their printed signs, and they put on their pink hats, and they go out there and look. We're the resistance. No, you're not. You're the puppets of the establishment. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with you? Why don't you join? I saw a car yesterday. I'm sorry, I'm getting annoyed. I saw a car yesterday with a sticker on that said, you know, resist, join the resistance. I'm like, I want to entrap. Of course, I'm not old me. Old, i would try to pick fights. So I was always on edge, but I, I really a little bit of me was like, I want to be like, join the real resistance, like. <laughs> I'm sure you think you're resisting. You're not. You have a Beto sticker on your car. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Like
0: they live in the upside down world. They
1: really do. They really do. The they really do. It's and they like, don't. Sorry. No, ahead. no. It's, 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 uh, it's so weird because especially as someone who's a volunteerist and, and been involved, in, wanted small government at least for a long time. Uh, I haven't been a volunteerist forever, but I have wanted small government for a very long time uh it's funny to watch people protest that they want more like our overlords should have more power and be bigger I'm like, yeah. <laughs> resist. I'm like what are you talking about like, like, yeah let's. Over- <laughs> we <laughs> want more people oppressing us uh really that's your position
0: they're on the streets like let's overthrow the will of the people and get rid of the electoral college yeah, resist. yeah.
1: fascism <laughs> I bet. Like honestly, when they—that's what I hear when I when I see Antifa, for example. I just hear them yelling fascism, fascism. That's what they want.
0: They, right? They want Don't tap yeah. us. Let's, Tell us what we can and can't say. Yeah.
1: Like, let's like, censor
0: people. Like, Come on, let's censor everyone. Tell us what we can <laughs> and can't read, guys. Like right. that's why I want to go to one of these the books. Books. burn the books with a sign that just says burn the witches, burn the books. <laughs> Tell us who what we. Elites, powerful elites, and media organizations, tell us what we can and can't read. Tell us what to think about everything. That's what their signs should say. They yeah. don't tell me what to say and what to protest against. They are not resistance. And you know what? Join the real resistance. Wake up. Why don't you look at what's happening on social media in the public square? Look at people who are being censored. Look at people like Mike Harlow, who's one of thousands who have been banned from Twitter for no reason. And you guys don't care because you're not part of the real resistance because you you're not even aware of what's going on. Like, you're in the, you are in the matrix. You're friggin' asleep. Well,
1: because because the cathedral understands how to activate their empathy in a way that's weaponized and get them to have great group cohesion and vilify outsiders. And they stupidly just fall prey to this um, yeah. manipulation, right? And they, you know, instead of pitchforks, they have iPhones, but they're basically the Salem, you know, they're the mobs in Salem. That's what they are. Yeah.
0: Look, so this is to your point about the resistant, the quote, resistance, not caring about Epstein, because the TV people haven't told them to. Right. Um, here's, here's something a friend posted that I shared a couple weeks ago. This was on November 6th. He goes, I gave myself extra time to get to work, figuring that the women's march and the hashtag Me Too supporters would be out en masse blocking traffic, blowing whistles, wearing pink hats, harassing politicians and law enforcement, and generally protesting the whitewashing of the murder of known serial rapist and human trafficker Jeffrey Epstein. I assumed that they'd be rioting over the general silence of the mainstream media on matters related to the rape of what is likely thousands of women and girls by politicians and others in positions of power. Turns out I cruised right into work. Got there quite early. Strange. (laughs) It's almost as if it's never about what they say it's about. Anyway, I'm going to be sure to avoid the Saudi embassy. No doubt that LGBTQ++++ activists will be out in full force there today and every day, rightfully enraged over all the homosexuals that the Saudis executed this year. (laughs) Because it's never what they say it's about. And they get their marching orders from the establishment and the establishment says, "We're, we're the resistance, so you're not. You were the foot soldiers for the people who are in power. Like, right. wake up! And 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 I I I I get frustrated. I know I'm getting a little yelly. It's because I sometimes I just I don't know how to. Pe- people write to me and ask me how do you wake people up. I don't know. I wish there were a button, <laughs> but I don't know. But it's frustrating. Even that that woman I complain about who tagged me and her thing about impeachment, but then deleted all of our. My, here, give me your point of view. And then when I did, she deleted all the comments Well, you didn't follow my rules. Yeah. Cause your rules are stupid. Your rules are in the upside down. You believe that impeachment is important. It's not. And she's like, well then make a case for why it's not important. Like, or why it is important. She wanted me to argue the other side. And I'm like, I'm not on the other side of impeachment from you. We've already talked about this, but I'm like, I'm not on the other side. I don't care about it. That's the whole point is it's stupid. It's a circus. The TV people tell you to pay attention to it and you do. And I don't I don't know what to say to someone like you because you're watching the wrong movie. You're well, not
1: It's very it's lazy and it's easy to do and I understand why people fall into it because you get you don't have to think at all, right? You get told what to say, so you get a script. Um you you repeat the words and you get adulation from your peers. Um so it's kind of a no-brainer if you don't give a crap about everything and you're lazy. It's a no-brainer to just, you know, Put on the pussy hat and go to D.C. you get, you get credit, you get, uh, you get a lot of praise, and you didn't have to spend any time thinking about any complexity uh, for, of anything, and you didn't have to draw any conclusions on your own, and you didn't have to actually have any opinions that would get you ostracized or or have you threaten your place of work or or get kicked off of social media or anything. You just it's comfortable, it's convenient, it's easy, and it's pathetic.
0: I. I was just thinking about how, again, to the point that this is not the resistance. (sighs) When I was in the SJW cult, everything I shared online, we've talked about this before, they're not engaging in thought. They are sorting through everything that they've memorized and stored as tenets of the belief system of what's correct to say. Mm -hmm. And then they're trying to pick the correct thing to say so they don't get, if they do say stuff, if they do post stuff, they're trying to pick the right thing to say so they don't get mobbed. And it's so, like when you
1: see the Terminator movie and he chooses the responses. Proper <laughs> <yes>. responses. <laughs>
0: they're, t- they're just going through a file cabinet of things and saying, what's the correct response here? Right. Correct. And they're not actually thinking and they're not coming to conclusions about how they, what they feel about things. And so the weird thing is when you're in that kind of a cult that where you've self-censored and you've locked your mind away, which I did willingly, you locked your, you lock your brain away. Um, there's a lot of projection like we've talked about and you think everyone else is doing that too yeah and so when you encounter someone who's thinking for themselves it's like it's scary <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be associated with them and you have to like loudly call, speak out and point at them and ah, like a <laughs> because, <laughs> you know that's that's just what happens and so uh, they are—they are not the resistance. They are just speaking the same things over and over. I want to read something, if you—if I may. I know this is kind of going a little long now, but it's okay. Uh,
1: this is kind of a—I. It ended up being meandering, but I like it. So let's let's keep going.
0: Okay. So when I was an SJW, and I would post the correct things, and I would be outraged about the correct things, right? You guys can look in your SJW circles, and you can see this. You you get kudos. You you do it. You're getting kudos from people who are like. You know, like other SJWs um, right. who are giving you praise. And if you, uh, the people who, I didn't have a huge following or anything, but the people who did, they get more praise, of course, because you have all these sycophants in there who are then trying to get, like, you know, ah, you know, you're saying, and they want to be seen as being on the right, being the pure as well. And if you're one of the high priestesses or priests in the movement, that's like, anyway, everybody's, oh, but it's all this circle jerk, like, congratulation, and it's empty and hollow, and it's not meaningful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: it's not like, and I, and I used to get some of that from people like, eh, you know, yeah, you tell them. And, um, it, it's empty. Let me tell you, this is what Carter and I get now. Um, okay. So I get occasionally get, we'll get these fan letters. And I I told Carter, I want to start saving them on days when I feel lazy or like a loser and I need, I need to remind myself why we're doing the podcast, because it's important. Um,
1: it is touching to get some of the letters that we get and some of the thanks. It's not just, uh, it's not the hollow clapping.
0: It's not the hollow clapping. So I, I really, when people take the time to sit down and write something and it's heartfelt and they're sharing vulnerability with you. Um, and it's not the empty like virtue. Like, here's your claps and your cookies for your virtue signaling post. No, it's different. And uh, this is something we got recently. Now, this is English is not this person's first language, so it's a, just. But it doesn't matter. I'm just explaining why it's written this way. Uh, hey, Carrie, you know I'm not in politics, and I really don't want to because I find the unfairness and the made-up stories very difficult to bear. That's why I really find it amazing how you can keep calm and focused when you get verbally attacked or have to deal with, accuse of this and that based on your opinion, where the accusation is actually just projection of the other party, for example. How do you deal with it when you have many against you alone? You know how I feel these days? This part makes me sad.
1: Yeah, that part made me sad sad as well.
0: You know how I feel these days? I don't want to say anything anymore. There are so many things. I find unfair and I don't wanna say anything because the aggressive attack and lack of acceptance from others is making me go silent. That makes me wanna cry. Um, I don't really know why I write this to you. I guess it's because I think you're strong and balanced. I don't follow every post and interview of you, but that's what I think even if we might not share the same opinion about everything. So anyway, I guess I need to say that somehow my life is leading me to a new life where I'm not supposed to say much. Maybe that's the reason why I get attacked for my opinion from all corners of the universe. And every time I get do get attacked, you come into my mind. So that's that. And thanks for being the way you are, even though I don't really know much about you. Have a wonderful day. That is like heartfelt. And that is a person who's struggling with this messed up world we're in and trying to make sense of it. And you know you know what I said? And I'll say this to anyone else because I've gotten more than one letter like that. And it's, it's not an empty kudos thing. And, and by the way, it's private. It's not even posted there. So it can be seen the way that.
1: And a lot of times they'll come in with like, like they disagree about some things, but they appreciate the conversation, which is a much yes. more authentic thing to say also.
0: Yes. They appreciate the conversation, even if they disagree, which is great. Right. And so what I said to this person, and it's like, it makes me so sad that people feel afraid to talk. And I was like, look, pick your battles. You don't have to argue with everyone about everything. It's, you know, you don't have to be on a crusade. Like I've been, my friend, Justin says, I'm on a crusade <laughs> against <laughs> my old blue system. Maybe I am, but you don't have to be, and, and not everyone has to have, has to speak to the same degree. Not every, like I, I, Carter and I, we both gave up our careers to do this because this is very important. And because Carter has, has put a lot more on the line than I have. I don't have anything to lose. I don't have kids. I don't have, you know, I quit my career, so I don't have anything they can take from me really, you know?
1: Well, you uh, gave up your uh, an entire career. Let's be fair. You could I be a
0: social can't.
1: justice person right now doing Hollywood shows.
0: Well, I gave it up though because I couldn't continue to do it in the SJW way I was doing it without feeling like a total fake, right? A fraud, <laughs> which I would have been. But also, also because, like, I might like to work in comedy again at some point. But uh, I want to. I want to be able to do it without it being something that I'm afraid of people being able to take. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they can't take anything from me so I can say whatever I want to say. (laughs) And, and so, but not everybody has to do that. And, and people have kids and they have jobs where things can be taken from them. And I get that fear, but you can't let yourself be totally self-censored. You have to figure out how to speak in ways so that you don't get to that place where you feel like, like it's your job to be silent from now on. No, that will hurt you. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. I had a friend who I've told the story before. I just, the, bare st- the, the, the basic strokes of the story is that um, she was losing her voice physically. It was a physical manifestation. She told me, she was like, I think it's psychosomatic because I feel so silenced at work and I, like, I can't say anything. And I, and I, my voice physically, I've started having trouble with my voice and I wonder if it's connected. And, and slowly over the period of a year, she started to spe- find her voice and to speak up. And and she came out as a Trump voter and she works in <laughs> entertainment. And she came out to her boss who's like, would never have guessed that she was a Trump voter. And she was like, well, hey, I'm one of these people, right? And she's got her voice back and lots of different, I don't, physically, yes, but in, in other ways in her confidence and like, she's an amazing, uh, just brilliantly talented person and she doesn't do a podcast and she's not out there, you know, like, <laughs> um, fight the culture war. Like, like we're yeah. but, but she's in her own way. Yes. She's pushing back in little ways and you can do that and you can speak and don't, don't get to a place where you feel unhealthy. And now I'm feeling like I'm giving advice, but like reading this, I was like, I want to cry, but yeah. it's also it's so meaningful. And I, it, that's, that's why I feel that's worth everything doing this podcast. Even if we never make um, even if it, and I think we will, I think we're going to be able to fund stuff eventually and to have um higher production values and do other types of content and do sketches and stuff. But even if we're not just doing the podcast talking from home, it's worth it, it's totally worth it. And it's not some empty hollow, I'm saying the right thing. You don't get these kind of messages when you're saying the correct thing,
1: yeah. You know, uh, someone the way that I think about it, like, what do we have here? I look right now, we have like a little over 2000 subscribers on YouTube, 2088 as I'm saying this according to YouTube. And, uh, you know, on the one hand I can, I can be like, well, that's not, that's not much, right? It's only 2000. And I know a lot of people think we should have more. And I, I appreciate that. I, I think we should have more too, but, um, we've got to earn them. But, uh, you know, we get to like, where else could I have a job? talking to 2000 people at a, a day talking about stuff and, and like bringing in like bringing interesting guests. Like, you know, we had Linda blade recently and we've had Zuby and like, where else can we do that for 2000 people? We can't.
0: Helen Pluckrose.
1: Helen Pluckrose. So right. Long. Like, so, okay. So two thousand's not a lot, but. It, it's a it, lot. I if think. I was a college <laughs> professor, I wouldn't have this much influence. Right. I would have a class of maybe a hundred, maybe a couple classes of like so okay. It's not we're not Sargon of Akkad, but this is making a difference and and, um it it is something that uh I don't know, when I'm trying to feel more positive about it, we are reaching people. And and look for people like that person that wrote you, Carrie, they don't you're not alone. There's so many people. I mean, even look, I'm in Silicon Valley where you'd think that everyone is a social justice warrior. There are so many people who feel like you do. There are so many people who are silent. They're afraid, but they, they agree with you. They want to speak up. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a lot easier to speak up uh, a little bit at a time over time than it is to let it all what you don't want to do is to let it build up a bunch of resentment and then blow up at work and yeah. <laughs> announce that you're a Trump voter and you hate SJW <laughs> that get you fired. But, like, you know, you can push back on – pick little, easy, low-hanging fruit things. I wouldn't even push back on the most important stuff. If you want to start speaking, I would pick the easiest, uh, least controversial things and start there and see if you can get people to kind of come around a little bit through just – being the person that you are and being reasonable and asking questions and being authentic. Um, But you know, I I know that sometimes it might seem like uh, you just want to scream at the top of your lungs at all the pod people around you, but that definitely won't work, but you're not alone. There's, there's other people you're not, you're not, you're not alone. Half the country, half of the voters voted for Trump. So, and I'm not even talking about Trump voters. Like, don't necessarily even vote for Trump. We're, I'm just talking about people who are opposed to the radical left social justice
0: Yeah, most you know, of the people.
1: Yeah,
0: most of the people I've met and become good friends with this past year or two years of my journey didn't vote for Trump. They're like me, they're liberals who have been, because af- liberals are the most afraid. The Trump voters aren't afraid. They voted for, a lot of them are loud and proud Trump voters. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> the liberals are Liberal. the ones who are afraid. The liberals are afraid because this is supposedly their tribe, the left. But as soon as you start realizing as a liberal, this ideology that's crept in and zombified and cannibalized my side is not liberalism. You're going to feel a lot stronger about talking about why it's not. And like read up on, figure out, I'm still trying to figure out what kind of liberal, like, I'm like, I'm social liberal, classical liberal. I don't know, but I'm I'm conservative on some things, but I'm like, it doesn't just, read up on that stuff and learn about it so you can talk confidently about it. And, um, but anyway, it's, it's the liberals who are afraid and it's the liberals who are starting to get over that fear. That's, what's exciting to me. I'm like every day I see more liberals who are getting over that fear.
1: Yeah. And that is, that is healthy. And to circle back to the beginning of the conversation, recognize when your emotions are being used against you, when, when, whether it's love, hate, empathy, um, apathy, whatever wherever it is, recognize when your emotions are being weaponized. And one clear sign that they're being weaponized is if they're applied non universally. So if your emotions are being, or if you're being asked to apply an emotion in some way, that's not universal, that's a red flag. Um, so you can have empathy for, for marginalized groups, but if you're being asked to not have empathy simultaneously for other groups,
0: Something's wrong.
1: Stop and think about it. Something
0: is wrong. Like what, who, those pieces I showed you, what the, what are the Vox? One is Vox. One's Mike. I mean, they're, but they're, they were in even bigger, more quote unquote, mainstream publications as well. That kind of stuff. Anybody who's telling you, Hey, don't have empathy for this group of people. That's really, I mean, just look at that. Look at that on its face. That's something very (laughs) wrong. There's something very wrong with that
1: yep it's uh yeah it's authoritarian it's it's the it's the it's the root of authoritarianism right it's
0: I even say look like put yourself to the test right I I struggle with having empathy for really hardcore SJWs but I know I should I don't write pieces going don't have empathy for SJWs and here's why (laughs) In fact, I wrote a piece about like how to talk to SJWs. In right. which I in which it was like, you know, cultivate empathy, fake it till you make it. <laughs> like, so that's like, write them all off as evil. <laughs> yep. No, I believe their ideology is evil, I do, but you know, we go back and forth about this. I don't I I I I I think it's important for me to have empathy for people that I strongly disagree with. And the people I most strongly disagree with right now are authoritarians on the right and left, but it just so happens that the ones on the left are really becoming mainstream at the moment and at this moment in history. So that's the ones I'm focused on. And because I'm on the left, I don't know as many, I don't know. I know a lot of authoritarians on the left in my real life. I don't know a lot on the Right.
1: Also the, the, the authoritarians on the left have run roughshod over the entire left half of the political spectrum. I mean, they, they control it. And, and that's not true with the people on the right. There are, there have always been authoritarians on the right and the left frankly um but the authoritarians that are on the right are um vilified and not considered good they're marginalized by people on the right they're not they're not respected they're torn down you know people on the right don't like richard spencer or whatever like they don't
0: yeah. it hasn't run roughshod over the right
1: correct? right it, it's not it's not part of their it's not part of their milieu but it is on the left. It's part of it's part of the foundations of the left left side politics is run by the crazy authoritarian social justice warriors right now. Look at the democratic debates. That's all you have to do is, is look at all the virtue signaling, all the lip service paid to social justice and intersectional ideology on that stage, and that's enough for you to see, or for you to know. So plus
0: if anything, the, what's run roughshod over the right from where I'm standing. I'm looking at that schism that's happening there right now mm-hmm. is liberalism you've got these young uh, white identitarian people like now if i'm if he's not I, and i'm mistaking him then mm-hmm. correct me but from what the little i've read about him this guy nick fuentes that people are talking about fuentes mm-hmm. white identitarian and and you've got this growing movement now which i think is a direct reaction to the alt-left you've got this growing movement now um their whole complaint is that the right has become nothing but socially liberal and and that conservatism is out the window and they're so so it's weird but it's like the the authoritarian left has has just completely taken over the left but the authoritarian right is like this little tiny seed that's trying to that's try, that's like hey our party's been taken over by liberal conservatism or whatever and we're they're trying to take it back apparently but they're it's like people who think if you believe this lie that the media is selling you that the authoritarian right is massive and huge it's like i don't understand what universe you're living in nobody pays lip service to that at all nobody condones nobody of any respectability condones authoritarianism on the right and we should not be condoning it on the on the left either
1: you know um there's a there's a positive piece of uh, evidence you could extract from this if you're a liberal and i think it's positive because i'm liberal on on most social issues and um and that is if you look at the mainstream you know 20 30 years ago mainstream republicans were against gay marriage they were definitely pro war on drugs um they had you know they had a much they they probably were not at all um not at all okay with any kind of trans people <laughs> at all right and now, even the people on the right are, like, by and large, comfortable with gay marriage. Um, they with
0: trans people. Um,
1: they're they're comfortable with non-radical, you know, Yaniv type trans people. They're basically saying, "Hey, you know, just be a normal trans person. Don't don't be arguing. Don't be taking pictures of nine year olds in the women in the dressing room, the girls' locker room, or whatever." Um, and they're, you know, and they question things like the war on drugs, at least at least a little bit. Um, there's probably some other examples, but those are the just the ones off the top of my mind that you know really a lot of the social liberalism that you think of as the the kind of religious right being opposed to they don't have control over the right anymore They're they're not they're not mainstream on the right anymore there's still some absolutely there's still some you know homophobia and other stuff on the right, but by and large uh the a lot of liberal a lot of the liberal ideas have become mainstream and accepted on the right. Um, so there's a victory there. It's just that you know there's been a loss actually on the left. The left has become less liberal.
0: The left has become less the right liberal. has become that's more
1: liberal I've, and the left has become it, left absolutely.
0: Has become less that's that's what that's this weird world we're living in where the first Republican I've ever voted for in my life was Ted Cruz this election last year. Um, because he's more liberal than Beto O'Rourke and I had to vote. I'm a liberal. I had to vote for the more liberal candidate. And what a weird world we live in where in our race, I was, I looked at what they believe in and I'm like, well, Beto O'Rourke's clearly an authoritarian, (laughs) like I'm not going to vote for that. And I had friends who just like, we're talking about the ones who just aren't paying attention who are just
1: pulling (laughs) the, the donkey lever.
0: Yeah. The pulling the donkey lever and the the, like I used to be, I'm not, again, I'm not saying this with no empathy. I used to be that person. You guys know, I've confessed in the 2016 election, just two short years before last year, I think I voted for Kamala Harris because I've, because I can't remember, but I think I voted for her because SJ, the way SJWs vote is based on race and sex because they're racist and sexist and, and they think that's okay. And I thought that was okay. And I was like, which person is more oppressed? And she was running against a Latino woman and I can't remember, but I think I thought Kamala was more oppressed, so I voted for her. <laughs> <laughs> how messed up is that?
1: <laughs> uh, well, someday we'll have to have a discussion about how horrible democracy is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> ah, anyway, okay. But I don't it's do that It's been anymore. a
1: long meandering, kofhefi. I know, but it's, it's been good. Here.
0: Let's go. Goodbye.
1: Thank <laughs> you again. A- everyone for watching please don't forget to like share and subscribe really appreciate the subscribe star uh people we keep getting more it seems like every every week we get a few more subscribe star people so very much uh, appreciative of that and uh we'll see you tomorrow
0: thanks guys for tuning in and definitely yeah share the video if you like it it helps us